Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and thank you so much for joining me on my daily teaching podcast, Grace to Your World. You know, the more we understand God's grace, the more do we find ourselves empowered to change our world and to live the overcoming life. Now, with that being said, let's get into today's message and grow in our walk with Jesus together. You to notice what he says here in John 1 17, and really notice this divide here where he says in verse 17, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And so, what you see here is a divide. You see two sides here. You see the law on the one side given by Moses. And then you see on the other side, grace and truth, which came by Jesus. And I want you to realize, church, that grace and truth go together. Grace and truth, they're on the same side. Grace and truth go together. Why? Because grace is the truth. Grace is the truth. In fact, say that out loud right now. Say grace is the truth. Grace is the truth, and grace, guys, is not a curriculum. It's not a subject matter. No, grace is a person, and his name is Jesus. The Bible says here in the same uh, chapter, I believe it's verse 14, where he says, it's Jesus full of grace and truth. And Jesus, of course, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus was talking about the truth that makes men and women free. And I want you to realize, church, more than ever before, the truth that this is speaking of is the truth of grace. Now, grace is the unmerited favor of God. A grace is God being good to you, not because you earned it or deserved it. A grace is God being good to you uh, because God is good. Grace is being God, is God being good to you uh, because Jesus, glory to God, on the cross already dealt with all of your issues. He's already dealt with all of your sins. He's already dealt with all of your mistakes, glory to God. And so uh, the reason that the cross is the most significant event event in human history is uh, because the cross enables a perfectly righteous, a just God to deal with you and I in a righteous manner, but in a way where he does not have to deal with our sins. Glory to God. Now, guys, this is some good news. Okay. I want you to really catch here this morning, church. This is some awesome news. Uh, you see, it's not that God, you know, d- d- kind of forgot about all the, the stuff that we had going on, the sins we had going on. No, but it's that God already dealt with our sins. God's already dealt with the sins of the entire world in the body of Jesus. And so God righteously and justly uh, can now deal with you and I and with everybody who will believe and receive it. He can deal with us in his love, in his grace, in his mercy, in his kindness, in his goodness, independent of our performance. If you understand that, say amen. And so this is as a result of the cross. Now here's the deal. There's scriptures in the Old Testament where God is dealing with people based on their performance. There's scriptures in the Old Testament where it's very clear that if a person did not perform correctly, well, there was a a punishment for that. Now, here's what happens, guys, and this really gets me, is that you got to rightly divide the word, and you got to really understand that you can never just take any kind of scripture out of context, and so a lot of confusion comes simply because we do not understand that everything changed as a result of Jesus dying for us on the cross. 
everything changed in the new covenant. It's not that God changed, it's that God, through Jesus, dealt with what he needed to deal with so that now, glory to God, he can deal with us in his, in his true heart towards us, which is his grace and his love and his kindness and his mercy, you see. And so no matter who you are right now, uh, perhaps you're into some crazy kind of stuff right now, and you're like, well, Alex, how could God ever be pleased with me? I want you to understand uh, that the truth of this gospel is, uh, friend, uh, that God is not dealing with you based on your performance. Glory to God. God is dealing with you uh, based on the perfect performance of Jesus on your part. And so when you mess up, what you do is you don't run from God. Glory to God. You don't try to fix it in your own. Glory to God. <laughs> you know, Alex, when I fix my life, uh, when I when I clean up my life, then I'm going to go to church. No, 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 no. You see, that's backwards. No, you want to come to God uh, just as you are. Glory to God. You want to come to God in the midst of the mess, in the midst of the ditch, in the midst of the issue. Uh, glory to God. Because you want to understand that he is your solution. He is your answer, you see, but you got to understand the truth of his grace. You got to understand the truth of his grace. Amen. And so what we want to focus in on is the subject of obedience. And you want to realize there's obedience to the law that was before the cross. And then we're going to see today there is obedience to the faith that is after the cross. Obedience, guys, is a big deal. But a lot of people, I submit to you, have a law-based perspective of obedience. And so it's, it's because you, you, you did not rightly divide between before the cross and after the cross. You see, before the cross in the Old Testament, obedience was about what you had to do for God. But now after the cross, obedience, guys, is all about believing. It's all about believing in what Jesus has already done for you. Another thing that changed was that after the cross in the new covenant, everything has moved on the inside. Everything has moved on the inside. What I mean by that is that as a result of Jesus dying for us and rising again, it actually became God, it became possible uh, for God himself to take up residence on the inside of the born-again believer. And so I want you to understand, uh, if you have received a Jesus as your Savior and Lord, glory to God, God is not only with you, uh, but God is in you. He's actually taken up residence on the inside of you. Uh, the Bible says that your body has become the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. In fact, he refers to your body as uh, the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so a God is living on the inside of you. That was not true under the old covenant. That was not true before the cross. Before the cross, the Spirit of God would come on Old Testament prophets. He would inspire Old Testament prophets. And God would fellowship, of course, with people because I want you to understand, guys, that God never actually withdrew his fellowship. When sin happened, it was mankind who withdrew from God, okay? It was not God who withdrew from us. So God did not withdraw from mankind. So you see, people in the Old Covenant who had a relationship with God, who had a fellowship with God, but you want to understand that God did not indwell them in the same way that he indwells you and I. It's only because of what Jesus did that God can justly and righteously indwell you and I. It's through the shed blood of Jesus Christ that a holy God can take up residence on the inside of you and me, independent of you and I qualifying for it. And so a God is working, is, is living in you if you're born again. And so the focus Focus, guys, catch this, please, this morning, church. The focus in the new covenant, therefore, is on the inside. It is no longer on the outside. 
You see, before the cross, the focus was on the external. It was about what you had to do. It was about your actions. It was about your performance before the cross. After the cross, the focus has moved on the inside. It is no longer about your actions. It is now about your right believing. And it is out of your right believing, glory to God, that your actions will follow. Someone says, well, Alex, we still got to do. Of course, we still got to do. But I want you to realize that your doing in this new covenant is going to flow out of your right believing. It's all about the heart. God wants to work on the inside of you. God wants to transform form your heart. Uh, God wants to get you to a point where, yeah, you know, you're walking in obedience, but you're walking in obedience because you want to be obedient. You see, you have a desire to be obedient. And I want you to see today, and we're going to look at a ton of scriptures here. I'm going to drive this home today, guys. You're going to see that this is what the Bible says. Obedience is all about believing. It is not about doing. The emphasis in obedience is your believing in Jesus. Is everybody on board with me so far? Amen. Can I move on? Have I made my point? <laughs> okay. Say amen. Type amen into the chat if you understand what I just said. Now, like I said, guys, uh, I want to look at the contrast here today before the cross and after the cross. And so head with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28 to the Old Covenant here. And we're going to real quick now look at what obedience was under the Old Covenant. And then we're going to contrast it with obedience in the New Covenant or obedience before the cross versus obedience after the cross. And so in Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1, what we see here is we see what obedience was in the Old Testament. We see obedience to the law, and notice what the requirement was here. He says here in Deuteronomy 28.1, he says, And it shall come to pass, if thou, underline if thou, it's condition-based, he says, If you, if thou, shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God to observe and to do, notice do, so this was about doing, this was about you had to do certain things. And so to observe and to do, notice this, all of his commandments, guys, which I command you this day, that the Lord thy God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. Let's stop right there and break this down. God is saying that if you do his commandments, then he's going to bless you. Now, guys, there's a lot of Christians here today. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of ministers here today who are saying, well, if you want God to bless you, you got to do his commandments. Okay. Uh, obedience means, well, you got to do his commandments. And, and okay, you go and be very careful here because what kind of commandments are you talking about? There's commandments under the old covenant. There's commandments under the new covenant. Now, the commandments he's talking about here in Deuteronomy 28, because we're all about context here, guys. Context is king. The commandments he's talking about here in Deuteronomy 28 is, is, is the law of Moses, is the old covenant. Now, here's the deal. A lot of people think, well, the law of Moses, Alex, that's the Ten Commandments. But the truth is... The Ten Commandments are part of the Law of Moses, actually a very small part, okay, because the, the, the totality of the Law of Moses is actually a sum total of 613 commandments. 
And so what God is saying here is, and he's saying this to Israelites, not to Christians, he's saying, if you want to be blessed, well, you got to do all of my commandments. Uh, you got to do the Ten Commandments. Okay, you got to do the other ones as well. You got to do all commandments. Uh, well, Alex, he's just saying, you know, just do your best. No, well, that's not what he's saying. Look at this verse again. He says, to observe and to do all Guys, all, do you know something interesting? This word all in the Hebrew, it means all, <laughs> okay? And so he said, you got to do all of his commandments, which I command you this day, and then you're going to be blessed. Then you're going to be blessed. And I want you to realize from the get-go, guys, that nobody was ever able to keep all of these commandments except Jesus, glory to God. <laughs> you see, the reason that God put the animal sacrificial system in place in the Old Covenant was because God knew that nobody would be able to do this. You know, he already knew they would fail miserably at keeping the law. And so it was the grace and the mercy of God that had him inspire Moses with the Old Testament animal sacrificial system, which guys, do you know, it was nothing but a picture and a type and a shadow of a Jesus, glory to God. You see, it was not that those animals were special. No, it was a picture. It was a symbol. It was a representation. It was a foreshadowing, uh, glory to God, of a Jesus and his precious blood, you see. And so the animal sacrificial system was in place because God knew nobody would be able to keep the law. You see, the reason God gave the law was to show us, guys, that we needed help, okay? That you can never be okay with God based on your performance. Why? Here's why. God is perfect. God is perfect, guys. And so if you want to perform to be right with a perfect God, I want you to understand that would require you to perform perfectly. You see, the law of Moses was all or nothing. You either did all of the commandments, you get the blessings, or you did, you know, maybe a few of the commandments and missed the others. Well, then you would get the curses. I'm going to show you that in just a second here. Okay. I just want you to see this in context. Context, guys. Context is king, okay? And so this does not apply to a born-again Christian. You know, sometimes people say, well, Alex, you know, uh, where should I read the Bible? Alex, should I just open it up and read anywhere? Well, hold on. Uh, you want to be very careful because you got to rightly divide the word. You see, our ministry is about rightly dividing the word. We're going to give you the scripture and context. We're going to show you exactly what the context is so that you can know what applies to you today, and, and here's here's the deal, and what does not apply to you today, okay? This does not apply to you today. It's not about your doing. It's not about your performance. It is certainly not about you keeping the law of Moses. Everybody understand that. Now let's look at verse two. Everybody get this, okay? I, I want to really make sure we get this here this morning, church, so we can move on to verse two now, right? <laughs> okay, look at what he says in verse two. He says, if you do this, and notice how condition-based this is, the condition here was man's performance. The condition here was if you do, this guy's is obedience to the law. If you do, 
That's obedience to the law. That's old covenant. It does not apply to you and me today. He says in verse two, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if you shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God. And he goes into the blessings in the next verse. He says, blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the field. And he goes into all of these blessings, guys. We all you know, like reading those blessings. I just want you to see, however, the context originally of these blessings was you got to keep the law of Moses. Now, that is still many people's idea of Christianity today. That is still many people's idea of obedience today. It is a performance-based. It is about, man, I got to do, I got to do, I got to do, I got to do. But notice verse uh, 15. Let's flip down to Deuteronomy 28, 15, and notice what happens if you did not do, okay? And this is why you do not want to perform under the law, okay? <laughs> notice what he says. He says in verse 15, but it shall come to pass if you will not. If you will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God to observe and to do all his commandments, notice the word all, once again, guys, that word all in Hebrew means all, okay? And so if you don't do all of the 613 commandments, notice, and his statutes, which I command you this day, he says, all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. And then he goes into a long list of curses, guys. And I want you to understand from the get-go that you and I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Uh, you and I have been set free from having to perform under the law, but here's the deal. Many people still have this uh, law-based impression of God today. You see, many people, and if, if you're honest with yourself, that might be you, you know, and maybe you were exposed to some teaching. I was listening to something this past week just because I wanted to kind of see and remind myself of what's out there, guys, and I'm not going to name any names, but there was a minister, and, 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 and the way that he was presenting things, it was, it was law-based. It was as if, you know, Christians are under this Deuteronomy 28 system where you got to perform, and if you don't perform, oh, man, it's not going to be okay. You know, God's going to get you now because you didn't perform correctly. <laughs> Certainly, God is not going to bless you or heal you uh, because you didn't perform up to a certain standard. Well, what I want you to see here this morning, church, is that is old covenant. That is old covenant, you see. But many people still have this concept of a God who rewards doing good, keeping the law, and who punishes doing bad, failing to keep the law. That's what, that's what the world system is. That's what every religion in the world is going to tell you. Man, if you, if you do good, God's going to be good to you. If you do bad, well, then God's you know, not going to be pleased with you. Okay, it's not going to go over well for you. Now, catch this, friends. Of course, there are consequences when we, uh, you know, do something kind of stupid, okay, when you, you know, live in sin. Man, I want you to understand that's going to have consequences, yeah, there's nothing good about sin. Sin messes up people's lives. Sin destroys relationships. It uh, opens you up to uh, the enemy attacking you and your body, all kinds of stuff, you know. Sin is not good, you know. And so there's negative consequences for sin, okay, but I want you to understand God's love for you, uh, the, 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 the uh, God blessing you is no longer based on you keeping the law. And you got to understand that. You know why? Because when you mess up, when you find yourself in the ditch, 
and you know it was your fault. <laughs> you can't blame anybody else. You know you made some bad decisions. You made you 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 uh, you know you kind of dug your own pit, so to speak, and you just jumped into your own pit. Okay, well you got to know, man. You got to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that in those dark moments, man, what you do is you don't run from God. You run to God. Glory to God. He's the one who's going to get you out of that ditch. You say, Alex, it's my fault. I'm in the ditch because I made some mistakes. Well, you want to run to him. I want you to understand. You want to, you know, he already knows exactly what's going on. And, 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 and you want to, you want to boldly come to him, understand that you can receive his grace and his mercy. And he's the one who's going to get you out of that ditch. Glory to God. He's the one who's going to get you out of that hole. Uh, glory to God. He's the one uh, who's going to heal you, deliver you, uh, make you whole and complete. Because the truth of the matter is, he's already done it 2,000 years ago. Glory to God on the cross. But what happens is, when you live a life of depending on him, you make yourself available for his finished works to show up in your life. Are you understanding this, church? Are you picking up what I'm putting down here this morning? <laughs> Praise God. But what's going to keep you from this is this idea, well, Alex, God requires me to perform up to a certain standard, otherwise I can't expect to get blessed. You want to get away from that? That's what the Bible calls the curse of the law. In fact, let's look at that real quick. I'm going to take my time to look at it. Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Galatians chapter 3 verses 13 and 14. I want to just take you verse by verse through the scripture so that when you see this, you listen to this, you're going to see, well, this is what the Bible says. Okay. This is what the Bible says. And notice what he says here. We just read in Deuteronomy 28, 15, the curse of the law. And guys, in your own time, I, re I recommend look at those curses. And a lot of those curses, guys, is things that we see in the world, that we're dealing with, I want you to understand you have been redeemed from that. Now, we're going to talk about how do you lay hold of it because it's not going to be your performance, okay? It's not going to be your performance. Now, notice what he says here. I just want you to see this in, Deut in uh, Galatians, excuse me, Galatians chapter 3, verse uh, 13 says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Stop right there. Guys, what is he talking about with the curse of the law? Church, we just read that in Deuteronomy 28, uh, 15, right? That's the curse of the law. That's what you have been redeemed from. I want you to catch that. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. He's talking about the cross. Look at verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And so what he's saying is, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law through the cross, the most significant event that has ever occurred in human history, because on the cross, what Jesus did was he took the punishment, glory to God. He took the penalty uh, of, of, of your and my uh, inability uh, to keep the law, glory 
glory to God. And what happened was, guys, uh, the great exchange took place. You see, on the cross, Jesus was made sin with our sin, so you and I uh, could be made the righteousness of God in him. And so he says uh, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. That's talking about the whole world. Gentiles means the entire world, not only Jewish people, but the entire world. The blessing has been made available through Jesus Christ. And notice this, guys, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, the promise of the Spirit here is talking about you being born again, and it's talking about what I referenced earlier, which is that God is now indwelling the born-again believer. Remember, I said God did not indwell people in the Old Covenant. Well, that's what you see in this verse here, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubin. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. Be sure to join me again on our next podcast as we continue to grow in our understanding of God's grace. Now to learn more and to access the full-length audio of this and other teachings, simply head to graceworldonline.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or how to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, visit graceworldonline.org forward slash give. Now I pray that you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life, and I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.